Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again is my good brother from Within the Ropes and the Bullet Cast. It's Brian Tronic. How's it going? It's going great, Huey. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. Here we are uh, back at it to record a new episode of In the Click. Here we are on a Sunday. Uh, good to see you again and uh, uh, helping out on short notice. Uh, uh, we're going to get you for two episodes this week. Uh, yes. This one's going to be all about AEW and then the other one's going to be about WWE. So, so much to talk about. Uh, uh, but yeah, man, how you been doing? I've been great. Been great. Been feeling good. You know, just... uh a lot of stuff going on in the wrestling world, man. A lot of news. Yeah. And and that's the thing you and I were sitting here and just kind of prepping before we hit the record button. And there's a lot of stuff to filter through. It's exciting because we are on the road to WrestleMania. So much to talk about in regards to that. I guess, I don't know. Can we give the announcement here? I don't know. Can we, I don't know. Should we save it? Uh, you know, like I guess I already just teased it just now, but yes, you and I plan on being in Dallas for WrestleMania. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll just leave it at that. We'll we'll get into more details uh, as we get closer to hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, waiting on some confirmations and whatnot. But uh, yeah, right. plan on having some fun stuff lined up out there. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I love this time of the year. It for us wrestling fans, it's very much like Christmas as far as gearing up for the biggest wrestling show of the year, but just, it seems like there's so much going on, not only WWE, but AEW. And it was just a busy week with wrestling news. So we're going to do our best to acknowledge everything, but also of course, talk about the highlights from dynamite this week. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. We got some clickbait news. This one in regards to Joey Janela this week, uh, a brand new interview that he did with Denise Salcedo just talking about, you know, his future and whatnot. And he revealed in the interview that he plans on not resigning with AEW. His contract is going to be up on May 1st. And he just says he's not going to resign. And he just plans to kind of go back to back, like to the indie scene. And I'm sure just do a lot more stuff with GCW. Um, And there's some more layers to that interview, but Brian, I'll start with you. Just kind of your initial thoughts on Joey Janela not returning with AEW. Well, I mean, it's it's a little surprising, but not surprising at the same time. I feel like because he hasn't been a big. OK, so when, you know, in the earlier days of AEW, I felt like he was one of those guys that was going to be like a big part of 
AEW in the future, mm-hmm. you know, really because, I mean, he was an original, he kind of, yep. you know, he was always, you know, in the mix he's had, uh, I mean, if correct me if I'm wrong, he had a match with Moxley early on, right? Like, that lights yeah, out like, match. Yeah. yeah. That was like his so, biggest match probably with the company. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, to see him kind of just go into the shadows a bit and, you know, he, he showed up a little bit on AW dark and, you know, had a few matches and it looked like he had, it looked like they were going in, in a direction with him at one point. I know he had the feud with Sonny kiss and then he got, um, uh, it was like, I don't know, a manager or a muscle. So oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Rossi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of disappeared. I, I always make the joke and I say like his career kind of like disappeared after, you know, Penelope Ford left him for Sabian. Oh my God. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 re- it's just crazy to think that man, like, you know, he was one of the originals, you know, not really talked about, not so much a pillar, but um, definitely someone who I didn't see, you know, leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing is, um, you're right. He was one of like the OGs uh, of AEW, like that initial roster that they created when AEW launched as a promotion back in 2019. Yeah. And I didn't know much about him. I know he had a lot of buzz from the independent wrestling scene and his spring break shows and GCW. So he very much had like an underground following. Needless to say, you know, when I saw him on TV, I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is someone new. I'll give him a chance. Uh, yeah, his matches were okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, they didn't really wow me. He was more, <laughs> you know, I, he definitely was someone who liked the. Uh, he was a daredevil out there with his match with Moxley, the lights out match. He what put put him through? Uh, was it barbed wire? I believe it was just like yeah. a borderline hardcore match. And yeah, he definitely got his body beat up in those matches. And uh, but you know, he he didn't like super wow me or anything in the ring. Right. And but I know he's a big following. He has a lot of people that like him. I have kind of mixed feelings about him. <laughs> just. Um, I'll just say this. I know someone who uh, does a podcast and reviewed one of his matches. And my friend uh, was very critical of the match. And I trust my friend's opinion. He has a great mind for pro wrestling and, uh, and what he analyzed the match. I listened to his podcast. I thought it was really well spoken and gave his thoughts on how, if he was booking it, how he would make it better and really tell a better story in the ring. And I, I actually liked it. I was like, man, I didn't even see the match, but the way he described it and the way he would do it better, I was like, man, I wish I could have done, I wish I could have, the match would have played out how he would have done it. Right. Um, come to find out, Joey Janela somehow found out about this podcast, DM my friend, got pissed off and started going off on him and then blocked him on Twitter. And I was oh, like, boy. oh, so I don't know how he found out. I don't know yeah. if other people heard the podcast and then like his fans just sent it to him. It's like, Hey, this guy's talking crap about you. <laughs> and then Joey yep. just started DM- DMing my friend. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then after he said whatever, like, you know, told him off then just blocked him. It was just like, what the hell, man? That's kind of like chicken ass. Like, okay, yeah. you're going to talk, you're going to just randomly DM someone call them out and then just going to block them. So the person has a chance to respond or whatever. You know what I mean? It just seems kind of, 
I don't say maybe cowardly, but I was just like, yeah. oh, come on, man. You got to have a little bit thicker skin. And you listen to the podcast. My friend was giving, like, I think, positive criticism. If mm-hmm. anything, listen to it and maybe try to apply it to your next match or moving forward. Like, learn from it. Yeah. Like, and, and I listened to him. My friend was not like, uh, you know, calling out, calling out or talking crap about it. He was just being critical. Right. And so I just laugh at that. So when I see Joey Janela, I just think of my friend who, like, just out of the blue, Joey Janela just uh, DM'd him and was giving him crap for it. So, right. Um, so, and then the other thing too is just, you know, when I heard this announcement that he said, I'm not going to resign with AEW, I kind of feel like this is a situation where, um, someone, I guess, <laughs> trying to stay face here. It's a situation where they're like, you know what? You can't fire me. I quit type of yeah. mentality. That's how I uh-huh. kind of interpret this whole thing. Because let's look at it. Uh, Joey Janela said it also in that interview, and I'm just paraphrasing that it's kind of been radio silent with AEW. Like no one's been really contacting him, not even asking about re-signing anyway. So he just, I guess, kind of interpret it's a situation where his contract is going to expire. They're not going to resign him and he's just free to go. And that's kind of been AEW's MO as of late. Mm -hmm. If it's someone that they don't plan on re-signing, just let the contract expire and just let them go. Yep. But at the same time, it kind of sucks because they just go radio silent and they don't really kind of give them feedback. Like, hey, just want to let you know in two months time when your contract's up, we're not going to resign you. They're just... They just don't, just don't talk to them, yeah. <laughs> which, which, you know, I, I think is a little, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish it kind of be handled a little bit better. This is mm-hmm. a situation where I think maybe AEW should have maybe someone in quote talent and relations. Yeah. Someone that can be kind of like that middle person between the company and the wrestlers to kind of give them feedback or give them a heads up on their contract situation and whatnot. So that's a situation I, I see this here. Cause you see it kind of going on with, um, was it? He said Marco stunt got the yeah. same situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like that was going to be the case with Brian cage where he didn't hear nothing from the company, but they actually mm-hmm. did pick up his extra year uh, option yeah. of his contract. Um, but there's been a couple other people in AEW where they just kind of went radio silent. And as soon as the contract was up, AEW just didn't bring them back. So yeah, that's what I'm getting at here in this situation. I think AEW didn't plan on bringing him back anyway, but I think yeah. for the sake of maybe his image, he's just going around telling everyone, I'm not going to resign with them. So that's my mentality. It's like, Oh yeah, you can't fire me. I quit. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And you know, like, like as you kind of mentioned, like early on, he was kind of getting some exposure, but let's be realistic over the last year or two, as the company has grown and free agents became available, the roster has grown dramatically and bigger stars, better wrestlers have come on to the roster here. And Joey Janela is just kind of falling way to the back of the line. Mm-hmm. And as you say, it was mostly wrestling on the YouTube shows, dark and elevation. And I think last time he was on dynamite or TNT or TBS was like end of last year at some point, or it was, it was last year, I believe. So it's been a long time. So they just haven't really been using him. So yeah, it's, I, you know, I, I think for maybe the casual AEW fan, they're probably not going to miss him anyway, just because right. he didn't have that strong of an impact on the promotion. And like I said, there's been bigger stars to come into the promotion that AEW is going to focus on building up and working with and creating storylines for. So 
at the same time, I wish Joey Janela nothing but the best. He's already, I guess, said he's been booked uh, for like six different countries coming up. And wow. I'm sure he's going to do a lot more stuff with GCW. And he said, like, this is his time to kind of get back to his hustling ways and be his own boss again and book himself on the indie scene and GCW. I think he wants to go to Japan as well. So, hey, more power to him mm-hmm. being your own boss and kind of control your own destiny that way. I wish him nothing but the best. But at the same time, I for a lot of people, I don't think they're going to miss him. I know I know he has his fans. He has a loyal following. I'm sure they're probably going to be bummed that see him at AEW. But he wasn't really doing anything on the main shows anyway. So it's, I don't think it's such a huge loss for the company. But right. I don't know. Anything else? Any lasting thoughts for you about him? I was going to say, I felt like he could have been AEW's Lenny Lane. You know, <laughs> Lenny Lane. Oh my God! <laughs> you know, every company needs a, a, a Lenny Lane. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to look at that guy. I remember him now. WCW. Yep. That's right. Ninety-five to two thousand. <laughs> Cruiserweight champion one time. That's right. Oh my God. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, like I, yo, he for he had that one storyline with Sunny Kiss. They were a tag team. They had those cool little vignette videos, mm-hmm. and then they broke apart. Uh, uh, um, uh, Joey went heel, turned on mm-hmm. Sunny. Uh, but yeah, and I, bet, I guess, but that whole program played out on what darker elevation. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you no, know, I don't think everyone saw it. <laughs> correct. I mean, so if anything. For him, it's probably better to leave AEW because, yeah. you know, if you're going to be just on the YouTube shows only and never get a chance to be on uh, Dynamite Rampage on TBS and TNT, respectively, you're probably better off to go tell your own story elsewhere, be a yeah. um, a bigger fish in a smaller pond somewhere else. So, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I wish him nothing but the best. I, I, for me, like I said, I wasn't like a huge Joey Janela fan. So it's like, when I saw, like I said, when I heard him say, I'm not going to resign, I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> I mean, like, that was kind of like my thinking. It was like, right. And, and yeah. like, I, and you know, my mentality is like the reason I kind of just think okay about him, just like you said, the way he kind of treated my friend. So that's why I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever, good, 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 goodbye. Don't let the door hit you on the ass and right, out. Right. So, and, and with all the signings and the names that are floating around everywhere and all of pro wrestling, I think, you know, it, <laughs> Probably wasn't the best time to say that you were going to leave if you were trying to get some, you know, some 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 attention or traction or whatever, you know. But hey, yeah, no, great. Now listen, probably everything I just said, someone's going to tell Joe and he's going to DM me. We should <laughs> set a timer if he DMs me or not. <laughs> hey, if he listens to this, I would love to have. A, I'll interview him and be like, hey, like, you know, <laughs> whatever. But. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, no, so it, it's, uh, uh, God, sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I still can't think about it. he DM my friend and just went off on him. It's just, yeah. So I yeah, it's just kind of thin skin there, but anyway, Gotta apologize. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into, uh, this week's episode of AEW dynamite. Sorry. We didn't get to do an episode last week, which was the fallout from revolution. But this week's episode was a lot of fun. It was on uh, 316, a.k.a. Stone Cold Day. Oh, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Austin 316. <laughs> so, yeah, it was their uh, annual St. Patrick's Day Slam. Uh, so, yeah, this past Wednesday, March 16th. Um, a lot of fun. Took place in San Antonio, Texas. 
And I, I really enjoyed this show overall. I thought it was a lot of fun. And, you know, uh, 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 Brian, we didn't get to talk about this last week, but what was kind of cool is like after every major pay-per-view, AEW really kind of hits the reset button and kind of tells new stories. And mm-hmm. so last week's episode, Dynamite, which began the fallout from Revolution, you could tell new stories were being set up, new characters, gimmicks. And this is kind of a continuation of that. How about you? Any kind of initial, just quick, uh, quick thoughts about Dynamite this week? Yeah, that's a perfect example, actually. I never really thought about it like that. Uh, Dynamite was good. I think one thing that they do well uh, after their pay-per-views is they make sure that the show after the pay-per-view is somewhat must-see. Like, you mm-hmm. have, you can't miss it, you know, whether it's a debut or whether it's a big match happening. Um or like you said, new storylines. Uh, you you don't want to miss those. The beginning of storylines, especially in AEW, because they it uh, like they keep it going. Like mm-hmm. it's not too much bouncing around. Like in order to understand what's going on at the end of the feud, you have to know what happened at the beginning of the feud because they mm-hmm. always go back to it yeah. somehow, some way. So. Yeah, and so uh, uh, we'll get into the main event here because it really was a story of a a year year long story finally coming to an end here, which I'm very happy for. So let's go ahead and we'll go through the highlights here um, for St. Patrick's Day Slam. The opening match, a lot of fun trios match. You had the AEW World Champion Hangman Adam Page teaming up with the tag team champions Jurassic Express, taking on. <clears throat> excuse me, undisputed era, uh, excuse me, Adam Cole and Red Dragon. (laughs) They've not officially announced a name for them, right? As their faction. No, I just saw on the YouTube, it said undisputed originals or something. (laughs) But then like, was it Paragon? They were trying to use the term Paragon for a minute. Mm -hmm. Adam Cole dropped it in a promo and everyone's like, oh, is this their new name? But it kind of died after yeah. the kind of the backlash. People were like, that's a stupid name. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, so I thought this match was a lot of fun here. It, it's, um, you know, it, it's a continuation of hangman, Adam Cole still battling after their championship match revolution that hangman uh, retained here. But I, I, I just, the athleticism here, you know, Jurassic express as far as, um, uh, Luchasaurus, you know, always he's the king of the hot tag coming in and just laying out everyone here. Um, anything else from this match that you kind of enjoyed about it? Um, well, they did the uh, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and um, Hangman did the uh, the the moon salt off mm. the ring post. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I seen I seen Lince Dorado uh, tweet out a a, a video of him Kalisto, and um what's what's the other Lucha guy's house name? party yeah they all they all did the same thing like a while back in oh, WWE. okay <laughs> okay no uh uh oh my god hold on lucha house party who was you say lince dorado say Kalisto, grand metalik grand metalik there we that's go that's right that's right um no but uh it was cool even like they did uh a, a jungle boy jumped off and did a, a double doomsday device that was pretty cool as well um so yeah uh so towards the end we saw adam cole and page you know hitting trading shots with one another and then adam page blasted adam cole with the dead eye but then page followed up with the clothesline and jungle boy nailed kyle and cole with a double doomsday device off the ropes like i just said Mm -hmm. um adam cole then dropped his knee pad 
and went for the boom. I, I like that. It said, what was in NXT? Was, was it the, the last shot? The last right. shot. Yeah. yeah. So an AEW just calls it the boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, on He tried to go for it on Jungle Boy, but, and or he did, he, he nailed it. And then uh, Adam Cole scored the pin on Jungle Boy. Uh, and then, uh, uh, you know, we saw Adam Cole staring into the eyes of Hangman Adam Page uh, as he pinned Jungle Boy. So as Jim Ross pointed out, unfinished business there. So I'm kind of curious, are they going to run this back uh, in the near future? So double or nothing is not till end of May. And I think April, they have a battle of the belts show. Mm. So I can see them having a rematch at battle of the belts because let's be honest, the first battle of belts back in January was kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Especially because it was like a week prior or two weeks prior, they had the, Hangman Brian Danielson match. So yep. the Battle of the Belts didn't have a lot of title defenses going no. on of prestige. <laughs> so I could see the rematch happening on Battle of the Belts 2 this year. So, um, and then uh, uh, next up, we saw John Moxley and Brian Danielson with William Regal at their side, taking on uh, members of Best Friends, Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta. I was going to ask you, would you like to say that? the pairing of Moxley and Brian Danielson is like the new uh, version of two man power trip um, ah. for the younger fans out there. Two man power trip <laughs> is when Austin and triple H were uh, a tag team, tag team champion. It didn't last super long because was it triple H got injured, right? Yep. So it didn't last too long, but it yeah, was like a- two main eventers tagging together. Yeah. That's a good, that's pretty good comparison you know and it's funny because like it's came at a weird time like you know here here i was thinking you know okay moxley's back you know he's gonna somehow find himself back in the title picture or wait a minute brian danielson nope you know he's in the title picture he's not going anywhere um but it's interesting you know they got william regal uh by their side and and they make a pretty good tag team it's a mixture of styles Mm mm-hmm you know, but it's still good wrestling. So I like it. Yeah. So it was interesting. Like, so is William Regal officially their manager? Like he wasn't really at their side ringside for them. He was on the commentators booth. Um, I don't know, but what do you think is for them as kind of like their mentor or leader? I don't know. We think about that. It's interesting. It's it's a little weird because it's like uh, I think the tag team Mm -hmm. already is, you know, weird when you just look at it. But, you know, and then you add William Regal. It's like, okay, now this is really getting weird. (laughs) You know, I don't know long term how they would continue to make this interesting other than, you know, just two guys and William Regal, <laughs> you well, know, I, I think I mentioned this to you a few weeks ago. I'm OK with Brian Danielson and John Moxley working together for the time being. If, it's, if this is a way to kind of divert them from the main event title scene, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of fans are big fans of both of them and want to see them either one of them to be champion of AEW. But for right now, they want to they don't want to overshadow Hangman's title reign or end it short. I think AEW takes a lot of pride in having long reigning champions, as we've seen between Jericho, Moxley, Kenny Omega. All three of them had pretty long title reigns compared to what we've seen in WWE in recent time. Right. 
with that being said, I think this is a good way to keep them busy away from the main event scene. And then Hangman can have his own stories, as we saw with Adam Cole. And you know, I'm sure maybe MJF will probably eventually enter the title picture scene soon. So yeah. this is a good way to keep Brian Danielson and Moxley busy for the time being, developing their own story here. It, it, it's interesting, though, because you know the way they've been kind of uh, telling the story, you know, having them go at it first and then they become a tag team after and now it's like okay what do they do next it's like okay are they gonna recruit members like what brian Danielson first said on that promo a while back where he see young guys on the roster that he wants to nurture and kind of become like the next you know generation of american dragons like that killer instinct and have that same style like him mm-hmm. and we'll get into that in a second with the end here we saw with wheeler yuda but uh we yeah with william regal i love how he went to the commentator's table though I thought he was hilarious. I, I was cool. He gave acknowledge to Jim Ross for uh, all the help he's given him as a friend over the years. And, but then Excalibur, he says you with the mask on. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> and then when best friends came out, he called uh Dan Housen, what a uh, 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 demon a, 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 demon. <laughs> Who's this? Wait, wait, wait for a demon. <laughs> Whatever he called him. I was laughing. <laughs> that was hysterical, oh, but it's just, man. it's just William Regal, you know, this, you know, British, sophisticated accent voice that he has. Yeah. And, um, but I love how he was analyzing the match. It was explaining like their moves, Moxley and Brian Danielson's moves. And he's like, see, see that kick there that takes the win out. Therefore makes it harder for you to breathe and uh, uh, fight back. So it was like really cool. Like the, the psychology he was explaining with the move set. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm not going to go on a tangent here. But I used to love about Nigel McNinnit. Mc- Nigel McNinnis, yeah, uh, his commentary with NXT, he used to do mm-hmm. that a lot. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's if it's British people, <laughs> that's that, that's it, their it style. must be because even even when William Regal for a uh uh you know a period of time when he was in NXT doing commentary, you know he was doing the same thing, and it, you know it, you see you see him on the commentary booth and you think. Wow, like I can't believe he, you know, got fired from WWE. Like he could have been used for so many different things um, <laughs> on TV, you know, uh, on the many shows that they have, whether it's, you know, main event or, you know, NXT 2.0 or level up anything, you know. So it's just crazy. But I'm glad that he's, you know, there. Yeah, before I forget, if you have a chance, I'm just to all the clicksters out there, listen to the latest episode of Talk is Jericho. William Regal is on there, and it's actually a long interview, and they broke it up in two parts. So part one came out this week. Um, I'm about half, I got about halfway through it. I was at the car dealership getting my oil changed. I started listening to it. So I got about halfway through it, but really fascinating. Just learning about some of his health issues over the last few years and just his history in wrestling so far. That's where I left off. I'm sure there's a lot more stories there that I haven't had a chance to listen to, but right. um, I'm with you. It, it's just bummer that WWE let him go. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like mentally he has so much to offer as a teacher, as a coach, just his wisdom to pass down to the next generation, which is unfortunate. But I think that's, I think you and I talked about this on the revolution review, AEW picking him up. That's a huge get for them. Yeah, with all the young talent that they have, mm-hmm. I don't know what the long term goals are. If they're going to have their own version of a performance center or some sort of training facility, I know Cody Rhodes did have the Nightmare Factory, but we know Cody's not there anymore. But um, QT Marshall 
still runs that. So maybe the Nightmare Factory can still kind of be loosely their training facility. I know Dustin Rhodes or Dustin Reynolds, you know, uh, has his facility in mm-hmm. Texas. Needless to say, yeah, I think William Regal can be a valuable asset for AW as far as teaching the next generation. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Um, but nonetheless, like, I, are you cool with him being the manager right now for these two guys? Do you think eventually he should become more of like an on-screen authority figure like he was with NXT? Um, You know, I have to wait and see, I think, <laughs> uh, because he didn't come down to the ring, which, you know, was was fine you know but still like i'm waiting to see okay is he gonna ever come down to the ring and be ringside during a match um because that's another you know channel i i guess for moxley and and brian also to have when we go ringside it's like having paul bear ringside for undertaker mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it, it may take them to a whole nother level versus mm-hmm. him being in the back or here him being on commentary so I'm interested to see how it works first, and then I'll I'll see if I like it or not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm excited for the potential here. All mm-hmm. three of them working to their, together should be really exciting. And I like the, the style. Brian Danielson you know, is the more uh, technical wrestler, the ground and pound. Uh, Moxley's more of the brawler. And that's something William Regal brought up on commentaries. Like, watch. It's two different styles. <laughs> and it was cool. Jim Ross cited Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, kind of like similar styles. I, I like, mm-hmm. for me, that's so cool when Jim Ross or whoever will s- explain what you see in the ring here, how historically that's been done in the past. So it's almost like a history lesson, especially for the younger fans. Yeah who don't know, maybe all they know is WWE from the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. This is a great way to kind of expose that history, that knowledge to a younger fan base and hopefully go back and watch those matches. So it's cool that they're explaining what you see in the here in the ring, older tag teams have done before. So I, I love the style though. I thought the match was a lot of fun. Wheeler Yuta was getting his ass kicked though, but he was taking those kicks in the chest and, he was taking it and Daniel Bryan, or excuse me, Brian Danielson was like laying into it, enjoying it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, so towards the end, we saw Danielson started to kick Yuta's head in after capturing his arms and he tagged Mox. And then Mox uh, forced Wheeler to tap out after applying the Bulldog chokehold. Um, and so, yeah, the them as a tag team are 2 and 0 now. So I wonder. Will they be the ones to eventually dethrone Jurassic Express as the tag team champions? Mm. I could see that maybe a double or nothing. Maybe yeah. they they could be the ones to go after the tag title. So they're going to start collecting more wins on Dynamite and Rampage. Right. And then I wouldn't be surprised by like end of April or something. They're like saying, hey, we're due for a title shot now. Mm-hmm. So. Hey man, be like I said, be the next generation of two man power trip. They'd be tag champions, just like Austin and Triple H were. Right. <laughs> uh, but what was interesting though, Wheeler Yuta, he was walking up the ramp with best friends, and then he stopped, turned around, went back in the ring, stuck his hand out, like to wanted to shake it with William Regal, but instead Regal just slapped Wheeler Yuta in the face, and then Regal smiled, and Yuta got back in there into his face and said, "I'll be back." And he didn't back down. So nope. it looks like Yuta wants in on mm-hmm. what this team is doing. Mm-hmm. 
I'm all for it. Remember Brian Daniels to cut a promo and said, Wheel Yuta, uh, Daniel Garcia. Um, who's the third person he mentioned? Um, like the young upcoming technical wrestlers. Oh, uh, Lee Moriarty. Lee Moriarty. Yep. So what do you think is going to happen here? Do you think Wheel of Yuta is going to leave best friends and join them at this and create like a whole new little faction with them? I don't know. See, it, I, I would hope so. Um, but I don't know. I'm still, I'm still waiting to see, like it felt, I it felt like it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I don't know if he, you know, got their respect. Um, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're adding more people, to their like group uh is william regal gonna be the one to recruit is he gonna mm-hmm. have more than one you know like more clients other than just mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh brian and moxley is it gonna mm-hmm. be that type of thing because mm-hmm. that's another thing they they could they could evolve this whole situation and make it that instead instead of them coming to brian and being under brian and, and moxley they could be under regal and moxley mm-hmm. and brian could just be there to kind of you know, like you got, all right, we'll, we'll see what you got. We'll put you up against these guys, you know, and, and, and if you can, if you can survive, mm-hmm. <laughs> not necessarily win, but if you can survive um, and don't back down and, and, you know, be able to take that heat, then, you know, we might have something. I mean, for, for me, if I'm Willie Yuta, kayfabe mm-hmm. absolutely i will yeah. rather work with william regal at moxley and <laughs> right. brian than best friends no offense right. to best friends i know the crowd loves them but they are kind of they're one i don't know do you think they're above or below like the dark order i don't want to <laughs> say like lovable losers but as far as you know they're not going to get a lot of wins they're they're kind of just uh floating around in the mid card scene they have occasional rivalries and win matches here and there but if you're able to like go under the wings of William Regal, Moxley, and Brian Danielson, that elevates you pretty damn quickly, skyrocket you above like a lot of people, and you're in like that main event scene or you're around the main eventers. You become your value becomes a lot better. So yeah, I, if I'm Wheeler Yuta, I yeah, sorry, ditching best friends, get some new friends with Moxley and Brian Danielson here. <laughs> so and I think it'd be cool, maybe. And, you know, maybe he gets a little bit of a gimmick change because, you know, he's just kind of just there yeah. floating around with best friends, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But if this can increase his value and just, you know, uh, uh, puts him on a bigger platform that people want to cheer for him. I think this is great for his career. And then, yeah, maybe they get Lee Moriarty next mm-hmm. and kind of fulfill that prophecy that Brian Danielson put out there of guys he wants to work with. That's why I was so bummed about Daniel Garcia aligning with Chris Jericho. Yeah, that was get, a, that was a that was a switch. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into that in a second. That whole segment, but yeah, yeah, man, we'll see how this goes. I'm excited for all this and what this can lead to. And and if yeah, if if Mox and you know, Brian Danielson can help put over the younger talent and then long-term helps AEW with their roster, just creating more stars. Mm-hmm. So that'd be great. Or who knows, maybe they create a faction and they go lead off the new ring of honor or something that, that right. too. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then uh, I was going to ask you, saw FTR last week, they fired Tolly Blanchard and they cut a promo this week, kind of explained their action saying that Tolly just lost his focus 
and then Young Bucks interrupted them. But I don't know what you think about them getting rid of FTR. I I was kind of I was bummed. I was surprised. I was like, I I love the pairing. I loved. I I it's disappointed. Like they only got like one title reign under Tully, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like it just seemed like. Oh, I don't know if this is a good decision. Um, again, I felt like Tully helped them fit them. They if they weren't already you know, uh, you know, your perfect tag team, right? Like just everything about them is very much tag team wrestling. Totally mm-hmm. made them even more uh, tag team wrestling. So, you know, the, but they made sense of it, though. I did. I did like their explanation saying that, you know, when they didn't have the gold, you know, totally, you know, he, he wasn't focused. And when you're not focused, you know, you lose your job. <laughs> so you get fired yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was just bummed because, you know, FTR, let's be honest, they're, they're definitely, you could tell influenced by the brain busters, yes. Aaron Anderson and Tolly Blanchard as a tag mm-hmm. team, those two guys from the four horsemen. So you would think they would love Tolly Blanchard and would do anything to keep working with him. But I guess from mm-hmm. a storyline standpoint, they're like, Hey, we're not, we're not winning anything. We're not in the title hunt right now. And like what's holding us back. So from a storyline standpoint, if they feel Tully's holding them back and not being focused, then I understand that. And maybe this will project them to another run for the titles again. Mm -hmm. That's yet to be seen. But I want to know like, seriously though, what's up with Tully though? I wonder, will they still use him on TV for anything? I kind of wonder what's his future going to be. Cause granted, this time of the year, I think a lot mm-hmm. of contracts, I'm not, I'm not speculating anything, but, yep. but keep in mind, like, I think a lot of contracts they signed of uh, talent back in 2019 were three year deals. So I'm just speculating. I wonder, um, you know, is something up? I'm just kind of curious what's going to happen this year for a lot of those people who had three year contracts. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what, what Tully Blanchard's contract status is, but I just kind of wonder what's next with him. Will they mm-hmm. keep using him? We haven't seen Arn Anderson on TV ever since mm-hmm. Cody's been gone. So I wonder what's next with Arn Anderson. Who knows? Maybe Arn Anderson could be their new manager or something True. like that. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's really interesting seeing what they're kind of doing here. They're kind of seems like they're resetting FTR. And I really what's what's going to be next for them? Like it's the pinnacle, even still a thing. Yeah, that's that's tough because. You know, MJF, he's got his own thing going on. And um, Wardlow's yeah, out. Wardlow's out. Um, Sean Spears is kind of just doing his own thing. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. with he's with MJF, but like he's, you know, just kind of floating around. Yeah, it, it's it's strange. It's strange. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Like, I'm curious what FTR, what's next for them. Yeah. Um, next up, Chris Jericho comes out with his new faction, the, the Jericho Appreciation Society commencement, this whole segment here. Uh, I love this. I just laughed as far as, listen, I, I get the story here or the character, Chris Jericho, the influencer is trying to put together. Yep. Uh, let's look at what AEW is when they first came onto the scene, they were trying to be the alternative, the opposite of WWE. They want to be known for pro wrestling Mm -hmm. and not like goofy gimmicks and storylines. They want to be more legit and serious Mm -hmm. initially. Like that's how AEW was presented to us. 
Right. What better way to be the ultimate heel in AEW is to be the opposite of that and yep. go against all those values I just listed off and embrace what ultimately what <laughs> WWE is uh-huh. <laughs> a sports entertainer. <laughs> what Chris Jericho <laughs> said. So Chris Jericho here is saying he's the influencer. Everything you guys love about wrestling is thanks to me because I'm a sports entertainer. I love this. I love this character development here. What a great way for Chris Jericho to reinvent himself. Cause let's be honest. A lot of people were saying that kind of the end of the inner circles run was getting kind of stale. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were getting kind of frustrated. I think with even Chris Jericho's presentation, what he was doing storyline wise, what amazing way to reinvent himself. And I think everyone's digging this. I don't know what you think about this whole thing. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. You know, I question whether I was asking if people thought that it was, you know, cheap uh, of him to go the, you know, sports entertainer route. Like, you know, I'm a sports entertainer. <laughs> We're going to beat up pro wrestlers and things like, that. <laughs> you know, but listen, Chris Jericho, first of all, I have to I have to say this phenomenal shape. Yes. Just continues. Yes. That is what you have to do. Like you got to set the example for, you know, the young guys and even the older guys. If you know, if, Hey, like Jericho, yeah, people was making fun of him and all the jokes online, Mm -hmm. but you know, I mean, you blink and he's chiseled yet again. (laughs) I'm I'm still in shock because literally I, I, I don't know. Like the last time we saw him was on TV, you know, he didn't look as good shape as he is now but then again i know he took a few weeks off i think was he Mm -hmm. touring with fozzy and when we did see him he was just on commentary so you know he had um you know jacket on like he was layered and clothes and you really see his body transforming in front of us and then um you know when he was on tv like i said he was just layered and clothes so i'm sure he was working out that whole time and we just didn't notice all that until one day when he comes on TV and takes off all his clothes or his, his top, it's like, wow, he really lost weight and looks great yep. now. But yeah, no, as you're saying, um, yeah, I, I'm digging this. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he, you know, he's reinventing himself. Like, like you said, he's always done that. He's been so good at reinventing himself. Um, he always comes up with something to, it's almost like you get a new, you get a new wrestler every single time he invents himself. <laughs> and, and, and he somewhat will do the whole package. He'll do the gimmick. He'll do, you know, uh, the music. Sometimes he'll do yeah. the look. He'll do the, the, the in-ring style. He'll do it all. <laughs> if he has yeah. to. So I, I love the segment here. Like, um, you know, it's definitely kind of like another group of like odd people coming together mm-hmm. again. You wouldn't think this is like, a group of it's like a group of misfits coming together. It's like, it doesn't really kind of seem they fit together, but I'll take it. I'll let this play out here. But I like, uh, you know, the Matt Lee just going on the mic and said like, you know, Jericho, I told Jericho, he should not be coming out to Judas because you guys love Judas. I told him he should not be doing it. And and that's a good point. Cause there was a lot of people said, you know, if he's going to heal again, they need to take away Judas because, the crowd sings along and it's turned to such a baby face song for him. You know, if he's a heel, you gotta, you gotta, you you don't want to give the fans what they want. You got to play it up as a heel, but you know, he did say, you know, but Chris Jericho's, you know, said we need to do so. You can thank him. 
So it's just to feed Chris Jericho's ego. It's like, you got to thank him for letting him keep Judas as a song. Yeah. So, so, you know, in Chris Jericho's mind, he's like, you know, the perfect person or, you know, that everyone loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're all praising him and says, you know, we all came together because of him. He does an amazing job. And I like Jericho's promo. He just said, uh, you know, talking about Daniel Garcia and his real life accident that he donated money to help him and his friends, you know, with medical bills. And Daniel Garcia thanked him. And when Jericho kept saying he was a sports entertainer, Daniel Garcia grabbed the mic and said, well, I want to be a sports entertainer, too. And (laughs) I will admit, part of me was like, ah, because. It's so odd because Daniel Garcia, the way he's been presented as this like baby Brian Danielson, like mm-hmm. the next generation Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. technical wrestler. So I assume he was going to maybe try to partner with Brian Danielson and join that faction with Moxley. But it looks like for the time being, he's going to have this storyline going, which. Okay, I guess I'm cool with, but I hope it doesn't last too long because I still want to go with Brian Danielson and Moxley maybe. and Regal and all that. Maybe Chris Jericho's uh, getting them ready to go back to WWE. Maybe he's he's trying to give them sports entertainment tips so that Vince looks over there and he's like, hey, yeah. <laughs> ah, this guy is Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm just like, I saw this. And I was like, man, but I guess that's kind of the point, though, is Daniel Garcia he's not just doing what the fans want. He's playing mm-hmm. a heel and embracing the sports entertainer, a role yep. that no one thought he should be doing. He should yep. be the technical, like I said, next Brian Danielson here. So, um, <laughs> so, um, and then I, I, I laughed when Chris Jericho said, you know, in regards to 2.0, he said, you know, these guys lost their job, but it wasn't for, if it wasn't for my former best friend, Kevin, you know, yeah. wink, wink to the audience, Kevin Owens. Uh-huh. Um, he called me up and told me to have him on Talk is Jericho. They came to my house, did an interview, and they got hired by AEW. So thank you to me. Yeah. So he's taking all the credit for that. So I just like how they acknowledge. The thing about AEW that I love is, sure, they're only a three-year-old company at this point. They don't have a lot of history. So I like how they acknowledge history of these wrestlers past and other promotions because, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of them, that's all we know them for is stuff in the past. And then they're not afraid to acknowledge it. Unlike WWE, all they ever talk about is just WWE only. It's like their own little bubble. That's it. You don't talk about anything they did in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, So I enjoyed that part here. And then the other thing though, is um, he renamed 2.0, their new names. Um, Let me find the names here. I don't want to screw it up. I was like, he's like, I'm, I go by my real, or, you know, real names here. Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager. And then um, what are the names here? I don't want to screw this up. Um, Oh my God. We're, is it uh but also yo know, Jericho acknowledged like the guys in inner circle just were not like respecting him anymore and appreciating yes. everything he's done for him. Um where are the names? Oh, then on the website here, I'm looking here. It was these over-the-top names that are like three to four names long. <laughs> I can't, um it was like like Jeff Magic something, something. Magic something <laughs> king or uh <laughs> Oh my God, how can they not put this on the website? Hold on. Let me uh, 
uh 2.0 new AEW names. Let me see if that gives it. Uh uh let's see this let's see what culture has it here. Um okay. <laughs> Big Magic Matt Lee becoming Daddy Magic. <laughs> Daddy Magic Matt Minar and Jeff Parker becomes um Cool Hang Ang Angelo Parker. <laughs> They're real they, names, right, Chris? Where they come <laughs> up with these names here? Oh, that's hysterical. So anyway, uh, I just love this. So I love what the gimmick is here. They are embracing sports entertainment, embracing everything that AEW fans hate in WWE. They're yeah. embracing it. So as a heel, I love it. Yeah. Um, so next up, we saw uh, Scorpio Sky defend the TNT Championship against Wardlow here. I thought it was a pretty good match here. Unfortunately, it just kind of played out as we all thought. MGF ultimately came out, interfered. Um, Sean Spears came out as well, distracted Wardlow. MGF comes out, pushes uh, Wardlow into the post. Scorpio Sky gets the roll-up victory, retains the TNT championship. Um, then they all beat down. <laughs> Wardlow in the ring was like, what, four-on-one, five-on-one? Yeah. Um and uh, and then we saw Dan Lambert uh, get get a payday from MJF as a, as a thank you, I guess, to beat down MJF. I don't know. How do you think this whole segment played out here? So it played out exactly how I thought. Like, yeah. okay, there's there's no way they're going to take the title off Scorpio this early. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're going to have him beat Wardlow clean. One, two, three. Um, so I was expecting a run in from from uh, MJF here. Um the one thing that was really interesting uh, was the involvement from Scorpio. You know, you would kind of think that, you know, you'd want to uh, Dent Lambert would want to get Scorpio out of there. Hey, you won the match. Let's get out of here. Let's go, which ended up happening. Right. Uh, but at first, you know, they kind of helped out, helped him out a little bit. Wardlow seemed like he was like Wardlow special. Wardlow's going to be. Yeah. He just everything about him, especially during that segment, was like, okay, he's he's got it. He's he's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. He's 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 gonna be fine. But um, yeah, it was it was cool. A little cheesy to, I mean, kind of like I guess you can say they booked themselves into a corner there because I, I don't know if I would have wanted Scorpio's first title defense to end that way for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but. Hey, he's, I believe he's what still undefeated. He's on a little bit of an undefeated streak. I mean, Dan Lambert <laughs> keeps saying, "Oh, you're undefeated. You haven't lost in over a year." Well, it's like, yeah, yeah. I think he only wrestled twice on Dynamite in the last yeah. year, and it's been all like on Dark and Elevation, yeah. and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> and what we think of Dan Lambert wearing the other TNT Championship, the interim title. <laughs> yeah, so so I was. I seen that Scorpio had said that he was going to give it to Dan to hang up, um, you know, at American top team. But then he came out with the belt on and I was like, of course he did. <laughs> and, you know, for anyone who watched, uh, was it hidden treasures on A&E WWE's mm-hmm. hidden treasures? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, as we saw, um, Top Dollar, um, um, which is Francis, uh, yep. is AJ Francis, AJ right? Francis. Yep. You know, he was looking for one of the titles and he went to Dan Lambert's house because Dan Lambert has a huge collection 
of legit, uh, legit championships from different wrestling promotions over the years. He has a huge collection. And so I kind of imagine, I wonder if he's going to get that TNT championship and add it to his collection. So, Oh yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if it ultimately ends there, like in real life, but yeah, um, but yeah, no, I, this was the obvious outcome. MJF getting involved, interfering, costing Wardlow the championship because he did cause his match against CM Punk here. And I'm glad for Scorpio Sky. I'm like you. I don't want him to lose the title after one week, one to, mm-hmm. one title event, and lose it. I want him to have a lengthy title run with it. I think he deserves it. Now for Wardlow, he can turn his attention to MJF, and I'm sure this is going to lead to a match at Double or Nothing. I think that's yeah. where it's going to lead towards. Now, granted, that's what two months away. Um, hopefully, you know they can keep things in- interesting for the next two months. But they did with MJF and CM Punk. Uh, but did you notice when he was getting beat down, he was like getting outnumbered by everyone. The crowd was chanting CM Punk, CM yep. Punk. I'm glad CM Punk did not come out to the ring, and Tony Schiavone acknowledged this. Technically, Wardlow has no friends because for the yeah. last two and a half years. He has been working for MJF and he's been like his muscle beating up everyone. So everyone technically hates Wardlow, even though he just turned babyface within the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. He technically has no friends and CM Punk has no reason to go out there and help him because he oh. what powerbombed him what five times last month in their match with each other. Yep. So technically CM Punk owes nothing to Wardlow. Nope. He has no reason to come out. So I love that story beat. It's like the little details. Like, no, I mean, sure. I guess CM Punk could have came running out and just fight MJF, but <laughs> he already won right. at revolution. Yep. Mm-hmm. You don't need to come out there and help him. Nope. So for Wardlow, I think one, trying to get his revenge on MJF, but two, as a baby face, I think he's got to find some friends again. I think he's got to kind of prove, you know, he can trust people or people can trust him. So that's going to be a separate story. Be I think moving forward is, you know, he's going to have to go around, maybe help other people kind of earn people's respect, kayfabe, having friends and kind of having some allies or at the same time, he can just be a badass lone wolf. He is Mm -hmm. a big monster himself. And that might be smart as well, since he's such a big guy, it, to kind of bring him down to earth a little bit is this all his battles he's just gonna be one against a bunch of people so yeah i'm looking forward to wardlow's character development moving forward with all that stuff uh next up it was kind of announced last minute but the hardys making the big television return together against private party so i don't know about you but they what announced this on the weekend i believe prior to yeah. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, whoa, I mean, that's a big deal. The Hardys first match back together in years. Yeah. Well, okay. We didn't talk about this last week. So last week's episode of Dynamite, Jeff Hardy makes his big return after Hardy, Matt Hardy's group faction with Andrade turns on him, beats him up. Jeff Hardy comes out, makes the save. It's official. Jeff Hardy's in AEW. Your thoughts yep. on that? Um, It's good. I'm... You know, it's a little sad, but <laughs> how come? Well, how come are you sad? Well, you know, because I, I liked him in WWE. Yeah. Just got no more words back. Yeah. I was looking forward to a potential Jeff Hardy Roman Reigns, you know, <laughs> program. But um, you know, hey, Jeff Hardy, you know, he, he he he, you can't go wrong with him and Matt being together. 
as the Hardy Boys. So I'm glad that he, you know, is with AW. It quickly happened. You know, it wasn't yeah. something that, you know, we're speculating on for months and months yeah. and months. Yeah. Just like, okay, I can go now. Like, I'm free to go. All right, I'm going to go to AW with Matt. So it was cool. And, yeah, and it was cool. happened quick, too. Yeah, so that's the thing. So last week when Matt was getting beat up, Jeff, the, the Hardy Boys music hit. So AEW got the rights to the song Loaded. Technically, WWE never had the rights to it. It was just licensed out. And I think partly because if I remember correctly, it's like a generic rock song that WWE didn't create. It was used in you know, sports shows and other events. It's like a generic rock song that's been used yeah. in television for years. Like I think it was yep. in even some old WWE tapes in the 90s and stuff so i think that's why aw is able to kind of get the licensing rights to it because wwe doesn't own it so Mm -hmm. it just adds more familiar flavor for the hardy boys in aw it's like oh "Oh my god it feels like it's wwe (laughs) even though it's technically not uh but it's funny when jeff comes out you know he's making the save the music hits he stops and does the juke as Matt calls it, his little dance. And then yeah. he starts running to the rings. Everyone's laughing, the memes. <laughs> so it's like, even though his brother's getting beat up, he still had to dance to make his return, big return, his debut. But Matt, I think, so uh, uh, Matt Hardy's podcast, Jeff was on to kind of explain it. It's like, Matt said, I told Jeff to do it. Jeff did not want to dance, but Matt said, mm-hmm. go ahead, dance. It's your big return, your, or excuse me, your big debut mm-hmm. in AEW. And it's the big return of the Hardy Boys back, right. or the Hardy Brothers back together. Go ahead, dance. Enjoy the moment. And he said, so technically, when the music hits, everyone being up, Matt should be looking up the ramp anyway to see who's coming out. Right. So therefore, the beatdown on me is going to stop for a few seconds. So you that that is your window to dance anyway. So I was like, okay, exactly. I, I, I believe that excuse. I'll go with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, with that being said, they announced their first match back together. And I was like, whoa, not really a lot of buildup to it. They're just like, oh yeah, this is happening this week. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, the match itself was good. Um, Matt, you can tell he's a little bit older. Yeah. Moves a little bit slower. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jeff, you know, got the hot tag here. Matt took the beat down the majority of this match. And then Jeff got the hot tag and came in and got the win here. But Brian, yourself, any other observations with the match? Yeah, I thought it was it was okay. Matt does indeed look a lot slower um compared to Jeff. You know, Jeff obviously isn't the same as it used to be either, but a lot more mobile, a lot more quick and explosive than Matt. I appreciate Matt, you know, the nostalgia. Um, he he said on, I forget whether it's a Twitter or Instagram post, that the shirt that he was wearing was indeed the shirt that he wore in the photo shoot, I think, back in 99 when they won the tag titles So for WWE. So, you know, he said it's the same shirt. And I'm like, whoa, it didn't look like this. <laughs> didn't look like it, but okay. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I, he's balding. I didn't realize <laughs> because usually he has his hair. He has his hair in a ponytail most of the time. And so I was like, oh, okay. That's getting a little, little thin up there. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are hardy men now. <laughs> <laughs> Mature men. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> and then and then Jeff, you know, he going back to just real quick, I want to say going back to mm-hmm. when 
he spoke about his WWE return and how big that was for him and how passionate he is about the fans Mm -hmm. and their involvement and what they do to him, what the crowd Mm -hmm. reaction, like what that does to him. Um, You know, it's almost like how I describe my fandom, you know, whenever I'm watching a wrestling event or anything like it's just, you get so pumped up, you get goosebumps and, you know, and for him, you can see the look on his face, even when he came down for the save, uh, the week prior, he's so nervous. Um, mm-hmm. I know on being the elite, they showed him backstage and right before he mm-hmm. went out, he just screamed and he did the same thing before they came out at WrestleMania 33, yeah. I think it was. Uh, so, yeah, it's just it's just really cool. You know, Jeff deserves that moment. He's put his body on the line so much, and I think he's a legend, you know, uh, and so it was cool to see him back in there. He he got uh or Isaiah Cassidy, I think. Yeah, he he took all of that Swanton bomb. <laughs> yeah, dude, broke. that Swanton Jeff <laughs> barely kind of turned in time. Yeah. Like he landed kind of straight down still. I was like, ooh, I was a little nervous, just you know, kind of like e. on his on his shoulders yeah. almost. Yeah. You know, with Big E's accident last week, that's kind of fresh in my head when I saw that. He didn't like turn mm-hmm. all the way. Um yep. but Okay, match. Like I said, Matt was a little slow, took the majority of the beating, but then Jeff got the hot tag. Crowd went wild. <laughs> God, it just shows how much the crowd loves Jeff Hardy. Right. And wait, I have to say this. So we're being Charlie, we're watching the match, right? And I told him, I said, it's you when you watch so many Hardy Boy matches, you know Matt's gonna, you know, Jeff's gonna get the hot tag. Jeff's going to come in. He's going to hit him with the forearm. He's going to do an uh, atomic drop. <laughs> yeah. And then he's going to. And, and he did that. And I, and I was laughing so hard. Like, Charlie was like, how'd you know that? I was like, I've been watching him forever. <laughs> I mean, really, it's been like 20 years. Yeah. I mean, 20 plus years. Um, God. Um, and another thing, you know, like I said earlier, Talk is Jericho had Talk is Jericho had William Regal on this week. Matt Hardy's podcast with John Alba. He had Jeff Hardy on a lot of insight there. And there's a lot of info that came out from that. Maybe we'll discuss more of that on a future podcast, but um, it was really cool to hear them talk and how much this moment meant to them and stuff. And, you know, they kind of explained a lot of things that were going on with, with Jeff and his release and all that stuff. So I definitely recommend listening to it. I got probably about halfway through that as well. A lot of great insight there. Um, so after the Hardys get the win, um, Andrade and the rest of the crew, Butcher and Blade come out and they all beat up them. Sting and Darby Allen come out and make this save. And they said, hey, now it's even. Let's have a four on four. So I guess next week it's going to be a Texas tornado match on Dynamite, which is interesting, though. Sting <laughs> and Jeff Hardy mm-hmm. in the ring together again. Yep. Last time we saw that was in TNA. And we all know how that played out when Jeff... Mm-hmm was under the influence, terrible match with him and Sting. I I doubt they're going to acknowledge that, but for us fans, it's kind of interesting to see Sting and Jeff Hardy in the ring together again. So that's yeah. going to be kind of an interesting dynamic. I don't know how they're going to handle that, if at all, but just something to keep your eye out on for. But Yes, definitely. 
but nonetheless, it's just cool to see the Hardys back together. Yep. You know, big deal and stuff. So the, everyone's very happy. I know All right, Darby's, last... I know, I know Darby's yeah. having a ball. You All know, right. He's got the Hardys sting. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Remember when Darby started AEW, they're all comparing him as a young Jeff Hardy because, like, the Daredevil putting his body on the line. Now mm-hmm. they're working together. So it's awesome. And like I said, Jeff Hardy is so over still. The crowd loves him. The crowd loves the Hardys. Yeah. And their goal is they want to be known as the greatest tag team of all time. So I wonder, yeah, will they, I mean, the matches that they could have now, the young bugs, I know they've had matches with them already, but yes, private party, FTR, mm-hmm. the acclaim, Jurassic express, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe something with Christian again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there's so many fresh matches with tag teams they can do here. And then who knows? I mean, uh, um, I think if I remember in that podcast, Matt Hardy's podcast, they said, I think there's still more stuff from the broken universe that they want to tell. So yeah. maybe they'll tap into that again. Maybe we do get broken Matt Hardy and brother Nero again at some point. Mm-hmm. So theoretically between all the tag team matches and then maybe individually, there's a lot of stories that they can tell over the next couple of years, theoretically. And yeah. then who knows? Maybe Jeff, Maybe they will put another title on him. I don't know. It's it's exciting, but at the same time, as exciting to see Jeff there, it makes you think about some of the younger talent who've been there since day one. They had to go way back in the line again, and that's mm-hmm. that's just another issue with the the big roster that they have. But yeah, you know, as fans, you know, we get to see all these stars anyway, so we win no matter what. Yep. Um, all right, main event time for the AEW Women's World Championship Steel Cage match. Champ Britt Baker defending against Thunder Rosa. A year in the making. Their uh, previous match, the Lights Out match, was at St. Patrick's Day Slam last year. So, like I said, this has been brewing for the last year. Was it last month? Or, or yeah, last month, Britt Baker uh, got pinned by Thunder Rosa. Was it a three-on-three match? Was it a go-home show for the revolution? The story that they've been telling is Britt Baker has been getting her wins with the help of with rebel and Jamie Hayer. So as a heel champion, rightfully so she needs help to win. Thunder Rosa was able to win cleanly over Britt Baker on that three on three match with no interference. So the story that they're telling is Britt Baker wins with help in outside interference. Thunder Rosa, when it's just one-on-one, she can pin Britt Baker. Yeah. Going to revolution. We saw Britt Baker win with some help. And then two weeks later, it's got the rematch here. And I'm glad that they set the stipulation steel cage match. So that way it had to be Mm one-on-one. No outside interference can come in. Brian, your thoughts on uh, this main event here? Um, So I have to be honest uh, (laughs) and real about the main event. Um, Please, please. It was was good. It was, uh, you know, the hype was there, but the match itself, I don't know, man. It, it, I just felt like there was still a little bit of, um, you know, miscommunications yeah. at some at some points. Uh, a lot of waiting around for certain spots. Mm-hmm. You can tell that, you know, they were communicating a lot as they should be. But like you could tell that they were communicating a lot. It was kind of like real quick before I forget that the when Britt Baker super kicked the male ref. Yeah, you heard like I watched it again. You clearly heard him say Brit over here or wherever he said like here, here. And he stood there and just wait for the kick. But he called to her. Thunder yeah. Rosa stood there and then Thunder Duck. 
And then Britt Baker hit the super kick, but he could see clear. The camera shot caught him mouthing right here, hit me or whatever. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So sorry. Keep going. Yeah, no, no. And, and I, it's like, you can kind of tell it's like, okay, going to this spot. Okay. All right. Boom. All right. Now let's go get up and go over to this spot. Boom. Okay. Now let's do this one. Bam. Like for example, with the, you know, the, the chair spot when, when Thunder Rosa was up on the top rope mm-hmm. and Britt Baker was setting up all the chairs, you, you know, and then, you know, she's setting them up, obviously trying to get them in good position, safe position, I guess, too. Um, she goes up on the top and then Thunder Rosa like pushes her off and she falls. And then they had the tack spot. Yeah. And, you know, Thunder Rosa slammed her or uh, power bombed her on the tacks. And then Britt just kind of no sells it and rolls on the outside, grabs a chair and then hits her with, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like stuff like that, that made it um, a little hard to, I know a lot of people, especially like online, were like speaking about how the crowd kept them going and the crowd was yeah. just so into it. And that makes a difference, obviously, like, you know, a crowd is everything like mm-hmm. you, you know, even if, even if the match isn't that great, the, crowd will make anyone feel like oh man that was so good because mm-hmm. you feel it you feel the energy mm-hmm. um but yeah this match i obviously think the lights out match was way better than yeah. this one mm-hmm. um you know but you know we all knew what was gonna happen yeah <laughs> uh we- I, i'm with you so a couple things one i'm glad thunder rosa won the championship here one mm-hmm. on in her hometown or current hometown she did live in the bay area for a long time so we still can claim her as a bay area girl (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but yeah so to win it in her current hometown in san antonio texas her family and friends were there big moment plus that entrance was awesome with with the band yep and you can see even her emotion coming out you can kind of tell all right she's getting a big entrance here that's kind of foreshadowing. All right. She's probably going to win the title tonight. They're giving her the big entrance. Um, you know, the, the crowd's super into it. It's in her hometown. It's just, it's a, you know, a Hollywood ending here coming up. It, it just, it makes perfect sense. And Definitely. one, you know, I was kind of bummed that she didn't win at pay-per-view, but then again, you know, I thought about it more. It's like, well, if she would have won a revolution, so much happened on that show. It was a stack card. It just would have been kind of lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. versus winning on episode of dynamite. It becomes a bigger D. I mean, it, 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 no one's overshadowing her. It becomes the biggest moment of the night. And yep. for her, she gets more time, I think, to shine in the spotlight and not let anyone else kind of overshadow that. So I was like, that was cool. And also keep in mind, AEW, their pay-per-views are what every two to three months. So there's a lot of downtime between Dynamite and Rampage. So I'm glad they do these big championship matches and have a title change on cable TV. That way it kind of adds that that reputation of, yeah, you're going to see big moments here. I think we're so conditioned with WWE. It's like they they save their big moments for the pay-per-views, but the yeah. pay-per-views are once a month. So they're much more frequent. So therefore sometimes episodes of raw or SmackDown just feel like filler because mm-hmm. we know nothing major happens for dynamite. It adds more, more, uh, you know, reinforces the reputations like, no, you need to turn into dynamite or rampage. Big moments can happen here, especially mm-hmm. in between pay-per-views. So I yeah. thought that was kind of cool as well. Like, this is a big moment. It's going to happen here. And hopefully, yeah, maybe moving forward, it'll kind of boost, 
you know, uh, um, uh, viewers to tune in mm-hmm. that like, Hey, you want to tune in because next time there's a title offense, something major could be happening there. You don't want, don't want to miss it. Uh, and plus I, I don't know about you, man, but okay. I know like revolution got a lot of pay-per-view buys for them. I, I don't know the exact number, but I kind of want to know what gets more eyeballs, a pay-per-view or an episode of dynamite on cable TV that averages about a million viewers. Right. So I I'm just, I'm just guessing that, you know, winning the title on dynamite actually could have been more eyeballs watching her there versus the pay-per-view. Mm. You know what I mean? So that, right. that's another reason why I think sometimes it's actually better to win on cable TV. Cause I think more people be watching you. So, right. um, so nonetheless, I, like I said, that's the kind of my thoughts going into this now for the match itself. I love Thunder Rosa. She's such an explosive performer. I love when she gets momentum going, she just lays it in there and she like flies all over the place. She's awesome. Um, that's my issue sometimes with Britt Baker. I think she lacks that explosive offense. Yeah. I feel like sometimes she kind of walks around and just like, like I'm waiting for something big to come out of that. She doesn't mm-hmm. really deliver that. Sometimes she does put her body on the line, you know, with that the turnbuckle spot where they fell back, she fell on all those stacked chairs, mm-hmm. the thumbtacks. Don't get yep. me wrong. I know she puts her body on the line. It hurts. Definitely. I respect that. Yeah. But as far as explosive offense, I feel like sometimes she's going through slow motion. It feels like I, yeah. I, is that safe to say? Yeah, I agree. And, and you can see it in this match. And, you know, I know I joke and I say that, you know, she couldn't lace up the Queen City's boots ever, you know, but <laughs> but no, I really do feel like that. It's no not. I know Britt Baker is great. She, you know, she's been their women's champion for a long time. The longest, right? If I'm not mistaken. No. Uh, um, uh, is that a real? No, no. The one who just came Sheeta? back. Yeah. Yeah, she's still the longest. Sheeta? Yeah, oh, she was wow. like 300. Okay. I actually was looking that up earlier. She's like 372. Wow. Why does it feel like Britt Baker's been champion forever? Britt Baker, <laughs> she won at double or nothing last year. Jumped to March. So what? Just wow. 10 months, almost 10 yeah. months. But uh, Sheeta, Sheeta was over a year because she oh, took wow. a member off uh, Nyla Rose. Mm. Double or nothing. 2020 2020 yeah i think so yeah wow. yeah something like that. yeah yeah okay okay well yeah no <laughs> I, I but but i think that brit um she's got the charisma absolutely you know, the mic skills I mean, I, the mic skills i love the you know her antics the things that she does when she's mm-hmm. in the ring looking at the camera taunting as a heel know. yes so yeah, good absolutely you know just and I felt like she's had that even, I mean, I, I mean, the first time I saw her was at all in and, you know, I was like, okay, she's, she's got it. And then I was questioning like, yo, wait, she's real dentist. Like, okay. But she <laughs> actually wrestles too. Okay. Then she's, she's good, but yeah, she's missing something. She's missing that, that, you know, that, that, that fighting style, that, that quickness, that explosiveness, that constant, like our, I'm like, there's no, um, like she's the champion, right? There should be uh, uh, more urgency. Uh, I feel like in the ring mm-hmm. to to you know to get the job done and 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 you know prove continue to prove you know that you're one of the best. It, it's I'm trying to think how I want to say this is to 
like you said, respect to her. Like she still keeps, you know, her practice as a dentist. Yeah. So when she's not wrestling, she's working in her dentist's office. That's awesome. Yeah. I just wonder, is she, I would love to ask her next time I've ever interviewed her, like, how do you balance that? And when do you have time to kind of maybe work on your craft, your wrestling skills and, and right. practice? Cause I kind of wonder how much, it sounds like she's really busy as it is. If, you know? there's, a, if there's ever even some time there to do that to practice you know? to, yeah, yeah. Like, cause like I, her skills are kind of still just more or less the same over the last year. Like she didn't really, I, I, I feel like at times didn't really improve from an in-ring performance. Like I said, she's great on the mic. She has an amazing look. She, she has like a great total package as a performer. Like I said, yeah. I'm a big fan of hers. But like her in-ring skills hasn't really improved. Um, and it's like you, you can get by in other ways as a performer. You know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. need to necessarily be the best wrestler, but if no. you make it up in other ways, you're still must-see TV. And she is. But yeah. I just wonder, you know, between wrestling, being a dentist, you know, having a relationship with Adam Cole, like all that stuff. I wonder when does she find the time to kind of work on her in-ring skills? And for me, like when I watch her though, I like there are moments in the match where she's really good. And there's other moments where it's, just you know, not so smooth. Uh, I don't want to say necessarily like botchy, but yeah, yes. it's, it's, it's not a perfect in-ring performance. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just, like I said, I don't want no one to misinterpret my words here, but I just said, I, I, I want to see her kind of keep growing as an in-ring performer and improve and this is something I've noticed from other people just talking to friends and, you know, reading stuff on Twitter. I think a lot of people like her as an in-ring performer, but there's some things about her in-ring skills she lacks. And I hope that's yeah. something she can improve still over time. And I'm hopeful for, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, needless to say, I think Dunda Rosa really carried this match with her explosive skills. Like I said earlier, but there were times though, even done the Rosa, like her punches were kind of weird. Like she wasn't really laying into it. It looked really like soft thrown punches. Like yeah. it was like kind of took me out of it. It's like kind of lay into it a little bit more to make it believable. Um, <laughs> uh, nonetheless, though, the thumbtacks, I also kind of think they kind of overdo the thumbtack spot now in AEW. Yeah. I was like, you know, they kind of overdo that. Uh, I did like though, when Britt Baker was going for, I was going to say the mandible claw. <laughs> um, she put the glove on. Yep. I like how Thunder Rosa counter by biting her hand. Like I haven't really mm-hmm. seen that before. Yep. And then Burt Baker trying to counter with the other hand. So I thought that was a cool way of countering. Um, and then, you know, Aubrey ref, Aubrey coming in, making a save and trying to, after the other ref got knocked out with the super kick. So no, I thought towards the end, the match started really picking up. Yeah, Definitely. Absolutely. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, uh, they had all the chairs laying there, the thumbtacks and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Thunder Rosa made the big comeback and hit the Thunder Fire driver into the thumbtacks, pin Dr. Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa is your new AEW Women's World Champion. I got goosebumps watching her like tear up, crying, just so happy. Dustin Rhodes came out, gave her a hug. She went outside the ring, hugged her family and friends. It was such a great feel good moment. And that's when I realized it was good that they let her win here and not the pay-per-view that way. It was a more bigger moment for her to shine and just all the focus can be on her. 
I don't know anything else from that. The ending that stood out for you. I would have. I loved the ending. I would have loved instead of uh, Dust Dustin. I would have loved for uh, the women to come in and embrace mm. uh, uh, Thunder Rosa. Maybe a mixture of you know the locker room, but also some of those girls in there that Britt Baker is also beat too. Kind of like a you know uh-huh. celebration, like hey, you you did it. Um, you know, and and I don't know th- everything about the ending, especially with the emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like oh, I just had it in my head. Ah, oh, just left me. It just left me. <laughs> um, almost Mick Foley ish winning the WWE oh, yeah, Championship. Yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of like it was a long time coming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, I, and I, so I think a lot of people for the longest time. For the last year, I was like, okay, we could tell Britt Baker's gonna have a lot long title reign. Who's gonna be the one one person to beat her? And I think everyone agreed it had to be Thunder Rosa, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. just Thunder Rosa was always getting kind of uh, cheated out of a victory over Britt Baker. It just mm-hmm. made sense over the last year that Thunder Rosa was gonna be the one to do it. So I think we're all we're happy for. Um, but let me ask you this though: now moving forward, looking ahead. What's next for Thunder Rose as far as opponents go for Britt Baker? I wonder, will they keep her off TV for a bit? Just like Kenny Omega. She had a long title ring. Now, Kenny Omega is injured, recovering from surgery and stuff. So he's going to be off, off the shelf for a while, even a little bit longer now. But for Britt Baker, she's been on TV a lot or as champion or for almost a year. Do you keep her off TV for a bit, let people miss her, and then she comes back down the road and kind of has a big return of sorts? Um, and then also, yeah, who do you think should be the next opponent for Thunder Rosa? Yeah, I know I'm, I may be overbooking here, <laughs> but I, 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 I sort of feel like it'd be nice to see her come back. Um, maybe, I don't know, do something with her and, and Jamie Hayter and uh, Rebel. Mm-hmm. And and maybe you know disband that little circle, mm. and then you kind of send Britt Baker off. That way, it doesn't leave Jamie Hader and Rebel with like nothing. You yeah. know, maybe maybe okay. Rebel can be alongside Jamie Hader. Gotcha. You know, it, it just gives some type of type of direction. Maybe you know, hey, we don't need to be with you anymore. You're you're not the champ anymore. Like. We're going to go off and do our own thing now, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And um, as far as the next challenger, I don't know, maybe. Uh, I, I, I almost feel like I feel like what they might do is bring in another woman, uh, a signing possibly. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that's why that is that something that might happen. But. I don't know. You got Ruby Soho. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what she's got going on right now. Yeah, she's been on TV for a minute. Um, I was thinking, okay, it looks like Layla Hirsch is being built up as yeah. like a heel yep. opponent. Mm-hmm. Now, she lost to Red Velvet at uh, on Rampage this week. Mm-hmm. Maybe Red Velvet gets a shot, but she's it's a baby face versus baby face. I don't know if you want to go with that dynamic. Right. Chris Statlander we saw kind of got a little bit of a different look. Now she, you know, saw one video vignette. She like wiped off her, her makeup. And then we saw her reappear on rampage, helping out red velvet against Layla Hirsch. She has kind of like an all black outfit now and like a little bit of a different makeup. 
still kind of mm-hmm. embracing the alien look, but yeah. she's like a little more serious. But she saved Red Velvet, so I guess she's still technically a baby face. Um, I mean, what Ty Conti's what had two title shots, right? Yeah. If, if I remember correctly, one T- TBS championship and one women's championship mm-hmm. at two different pay per views. So I don't know if Tay Conti <laughs> deserves another title shot. Like you want to give someone else an opportunity. Che Gargill <laughs> is busy, you know, being mm-hmm. TBS champion. Um, Nyla Rose has not been around much at all. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, Serena Deep is probably someone that can go after Thunder Rosa, but it looks like her and Sheeta are going to probably have one more match because Sheeta's back from rehabbing. You could do Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez. Um, so I, I can maybe see Serena Deeb, Serena Deeb, yeah, be the one to maybe challenge Thunder Rosa next. I would love to see that match. And you're looking else who else is out there. <laughs> I, I wonder AEW will sign Tony Storm. I know yeah. Tony Storm's making a lot of money off her new only OnlyFans account. Yeah, so yep. <laughs> but I would love to see Tony Storm in AEW. I think she'd be or, an amazing or, challenger. Or even Ember Moon. Amber Moon, yes, I would love to see Amber Moon, or I guess she's going to be what Athena now, but uh, yeah, yeah, those two right there, Tony Storm and Amber Moon, if they can come in AW, that'll add so much more incredible death to that women's division. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe Ruby Soho, but she's a baby face. I'm trying to think of heels, yeah. Serena Deep is what comes to mind. Um, Nyla Rose, but she's already been kind of the person that they go to to as a heel monster to challenge them, yeah. Uh, I don't know anyone else that be uh, Anna J. Maybe I'm trying to think who else. That's yeah. It's Serena Deeb's the first one that comes to mind. Serena Deeb, yeah, pro- yeah. Mo- yeah, most likely. Okay. You know, it's probably it's the better fit. I would say, yeah, out of yeah. all the names. But nonetheless, super happy for Dunda Rosa. Love mm-hmm. that she's champion. Can't wait to see what she does next. I think she's going to have some incredible matches and looking forward to seeing what opponents come her way over the coming weeks and months. I hope she has, I hope she has a long title reign for herself. So, all right. On that note, let's start wrapping things up. Brian, where can the Clicksters find you online? Clicksters, you guys can find me at Brian Tronic on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. <laughs> click 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 <laughs> i'm baby huey follow me on facebook at baby huey official twitter and instagram at baby huey 83 for everything else remember to subscribe to in the click wherever you get your podcast at follow us on social at in the click you can email me in the click at gmail.com watch our videos on youtube please subscribe there give our videos a like leave a comment share the podcast we of course appreciate all the support and on that note let's go home and that's the bottom line because huey said so <laughs>